Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the China Untold podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing lesser-known stories from the world's most populous nation. I'm your host Matt Bossens, coming at you from Beijing, China. There are certain types of places on this planet that seem to have a personality of their own, landscapes that can instill a sense of sadness, misery, or horror on anyone who visits them. I like to call such places cursed landscapes. Now, when I say cursed landscapes, I am not intending to imply that a witch or scorned lover or a double-crossed pirate actually placed a curse on an area. I use the term to denote a place shrouded in mystery, a place that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up straight, and that sets your imagination into overdrive. Well, I have never visited the settlement of Sleepy Hollow in New York State. I am sure it has a certain spooky feeling on the evening of October 31st, even if the headless horseman and Ichabod Crane were simply fictional creations of writer Washington Irving. I also imagine that the village of Salem, Massachusetts, is another such place with a melancholy atmosphere. The site of the Salem witch trials, at least 20 people lost their lives as a result of suspicion and accusations of witchcraft from their community, and superstitious folk would be forgiven for believing that the deaths could leave a permanent scar on the village. In the Ukraine, the city of Pripyat. Was frozen in time after the infamous Chernobyl nuclear disaster on April 27, 1986. The entire population of Pripyat was evacuated due to an explosion and fire at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Today, the abandoned city is located inside the Chernobyl exclusion zone and is considered a captivating yet terrifying portrait of the old Soviet Union. Pripyat has been reclaimed by nature. Which has been left to thrive in the area for more than 30 years, despite the dangerous radiation levels. Visitors today have reported that the city has a spooky, dead atmosphere, and some have even reported capturing photos and video footage of strange shadows and dark figures. In an episode of popular TV show Destination Truth. A team of paranormal investigators were shocked to discover that one of their heat cameras had detected a human body inside one of Pripyat's abandoned structures. Paranormal stories aside, Pripyat and its surrounding areas are a radiation-cursed landscape and a haunting reminder of what happens when humans cross the line and when carelessness and ignorance overpower prudence and intelligence. One of my favorite cursed landscapes is Nahanni National Park in Canada's Northwest Territories. The 30,000 square kilometer park is extremely remote and comprised of dense forests, towering peaks, vast plateaus, and complex cave systems. In 1978, the park was inscribed as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. 
Aside from its stunning natural beauty and its important role as the homeland of the Dacho First Nations peoples, the park is believed by many to be haunted. In 1904, two brothers named Frank and Willie set off into the vast wilderness of Nahani in search of gold. Their adventure proved successful, with the duo discovering gold in a creek appropriately known as Gold Creek, and they returned to their home in Fort Laird with gold in their pockets. The following year, the brothers returned to Nahani to hunt for more gold. After they did not return as planned, their other brother Charlie led a search into the park in 1908. When he discovered their camp at the river's edge in a deep valley, he was horrified to find their skeletal remains. Both bodies had been decapitated, and their heads were never found. To this day, the valley where they were found is called Dead Men Valley, and the creek is known as Headless Creek. Others have met a similar fate while exploring the park in the 20th century. An engineer from Scotland, who was traveling with the brothers, vanished without a trace in the park, while a prospector from the Yukon named Martin Jorgensen was also found decapitated in Nahani. According to numerous sources, Jorgensen was in the park in 1917 and had sent word home that he had hit pay dirt. A short time later, his headless skeleton was discovered near the remains of his cabin, which had been burnt down. Over the following years, Canadian police would receive more reports of strange disappearances in Nahani Park, stories of people wandering into the vast wilderness and never returning. The headless bodies discovered in Nahani in the 20th century led Canadian newspapers to speculate that headhunters were operating in the park. There are other mysteries as well. Some folks have reported seeing strange lights above the park, possibly aliens or interdimensional ships. Bigfoot sightings have also been documented, as well as sightings of large prehistoric dogs. A spat of mysterious plane crashes in the park also added to the area's dark and macabre folklore. In reality, the headless bodies discovered in Nahani are likely the result of greed and aggressive competition during the Gold Rush era. The UFO sightings and strange creatures, likely attributable to natural phenomena and already known wild animals. That said, the area's folklore has captivated generations of outdoorsmen, adventurers, and Canadians at large. Just like Canada, China too has cursed landscapes that have been the setting for bizarre disappearances and strange happenings. The arid and untamed wilderness of Lotnur is unforgiving. The area was formerly a saline lake in northwestern China but since the 1970s, it is now a salt-encrusted lake bed. Lopnur lies within the Tarim Basin of the eastern Taklamakan Desert in the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region, and is known as one of the most barren and desolate areas of China. 
The former lake once occupied an area of around 2,000 square kilometers. Although the lake dwindled away and ceased to exist by 1970 due to irrigation and reservoir projects. Prior to its disappearance, it is believed that the lake existed for a whopping 20,000 years. The Lopnur area hasn't been permanently populated since sometime around 1920, when the Uyghur groups living in the basin fled after a devastating plague wiped out many of their people. Decades later, from the mid-1960s to the mid-1990s, the area was used sporadically by the Chinese government for underground and atmospheric nuclear weapons tests. With a history that involves a disappearing lake, human abandonment, and the testing of the world's most destructive weaponry, it's fair to say the Lopnur area has a haunting past. But there's more. Lopnur is the setting of disappearances and strange happenings that would leave even the Adams family spooked. The area's most famous mystery is likely the disappearance of famed Chinese scientist Peng Jiamu. Born on June 17, 1925 in Guangzhou's Panyu district, Peng is one of China's most legendary scientists and researchers. In 1947, he graduated from the College of Agriculture at China's Central University in Nanjing. He served as the vice president of the Chinese Academy of Sciences Xinjiang branch at the time of his disappearance and was spending time exploring the dried-up lake bed of Lapnur for potash deposits. According to a SupChina article published three years ago, Peng and his research team were on an expedition in the Tarim Basin Desert in June of 1980. Unfortunately, the team had greatly underestimated the seasonal climates, and they had begun running out of fuel and water earlier than anticipated. The team called for help and was told to stay put while awaiting rescue from an army detachment stationed in the city of Urumqi, which is the capital city of Xinjiang. During this time, Peng slipped out of camp and into the desert, leaving a brief note to his comrades explaining that he was heading east in search of water. These words would be the last words ever communicated by the renowned scientist. Upon noticing their team leader was missing, the other members of the research expedition allegedly tried to follow his trail, but were forced to turn back due to the harsh environment and weather. Help finally arrived at around noon the following day, when helicopters carrying fuel and water arrived at the camp. At this point, a proper search was organized and launched to find the missing scientist. Unfortunately, search and rescue personnel discovered no sign of the scientist, aside from a discarded candy wrapper and a trail of footprints ending at the edge of the dried-up lake bed. Over the following months, at least three more major searches involving aircraft and land-based vehicles and personnel would be conducted by authorities. All of them would come up empty-handed. After it became clear that Peng had simply vanished, authorities called off further search efforts and declared Peng a revolutionary martyr. 
the lack of a body, and the absence of hard information regarding Pung's disappearance have inevitably led to speculation, and in this void of uncertainty, myth and legend has taken root. As is the case with just about every unexplained disappearance ever, some people believe that Pung was abducted by aliens and whisked away to another world. Others have suggested that he wandered into the desert and defected to Soviet or American operatives, although this theory has been rightly called into question due to the unlikelihood that foreign adversaries would have been able to slip past the Chinese military radar stationed in the area. It has also been suggested that Peng's fellow team members may have murdered him in a dispute over supplies and buried his body in the desert. Although this theory is dubious due to the fact that it has been published by Falun Gong-backed media outlets known for less than credible reporting. Of the explanations for Peng's disappearance I came across while researching this episode, only two seemed likely. The first is that he got lost and buried by a ferocious windstorm that blanketed the area the night after he departed from the camp. The second is that a sandy hill collapsed on him while he was resting against it for shelter from the elements. Interestingly, Xinhua published a short article back in 2016 that reported on the discovery of a mummy in the same area Peng disappeared. People interviewed for the story speculated that the remains could be that of the missing scientists, although DNA tests and other examinations of the corpse had not been completed at the time of the story's publication. Due to the lack of a follow-up story, I am left to assume that the mummy was not that of Peng Jiamu. If Peng ended up encased in a sandy desert tomb, he would have met a fate similar to many before him. It could be argued that sandy graves are, to Lapnur, what headless men are, to Nahani, a more common occurrence than you'd initially think, and an intrinsic part of the area's folklore. Here's how Xinhua describes the area, as read by my good friend and fellow podcast host, Nathan Williams. Shaped like a human ear, Lopner is located in West China's Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region and is considered the driest spot on Earth. In the past, the region also had yielded other mummies, according to other reports. A number of pathfinders in history have also lost their lives or went missing in the 100,000 square kilometre place, where it is extremely hot during daylight and fatally chilly at night. Also in the Lapnur area is the Xiaohe tomb site, which stretches across a 2,500 square kilometre sand dune. About 174 kilometers away from the tomb site are the ruins of the Lowland Kingdom, an ancient civilization that vanished 1,500 years ago. The burial complex at Xiaohe contained more than 300 tombs, many of which were unspoiled and contained funerary objects ranging from jade, wood carvings, and animal skins to symbolic genital imagery. 
Human remains in the form of well-preserved mummies were also discovered, including the famed Beauty of Xiaohe, a female mummy whose hair and skin were perfectly preserved. Even after being dead for thousands of years, her beauty is clearly apparent. Before I wrap up today's episode, I want to briefly touch on one more landscape in China with a mysterious past. On November 30th, 1994, several fireball-type aerial objects were observed flying over the Dushi Forest in Guizhou Province. At one point, the unidentified flying objects careened towards the earth, accompanied by a deafening rumble. While no impact crater was ever discovered, the objects allegedly came very close to the ground and caused considerable damage in the process. The fireballs, according to accounts, knocked down a three-kilometer-long swath of trees from the forest, breaking them over at approximately the same height. Curiously, some trees in the felled area remained standing as if spared by an unknown force. Another consequence of the flying fireballs was the extensive damage caused to nearby buildings, with a brick wall literally ripped off a nearby railroad house. Mortar and bricks from the pulverized wall were eventually located nearby, but several metal and glass pieces were never found and are assumed to have disappeared entirely. If that wasn't strange enough, the remainder of the railroad building, plus the 50 tons of equipment housed within it, had been moved close to 20 meters from its original location. Much of the heavy material stored inside the brick building had been bent or cut beyond recognition. According to various accounts, the absent materials were never located, and the flaming aerial objects were never seen again. The strange circumstances surrounding this particular story have captured the imaginations of UFO investigators across the Middle Kingdom and beyond. This is understandable, I suppose, because how often is a brick building moved 60 feet? While this story is indeed strange, it's not the first time a fireball from the sky has caused damage to buildings. A recent event with similar effects occurred over west-central Russia in 2013, when a 20-meter-wide meteorite collided with the Earth's atmosphere, injuring roughly 1,500 people and damaging thousands of buildings. Another notable meteorite occurrence is the Tunguska event of 1908 which is credited for flattening 2,000 kilometers of forest in the eastern Siberian taiga. Although an impact crater has never been located, this event is generally attributed to an asteroid or comet that burst at a mid-air altitude of 5 to 10 kilometers above the Earth's surface. Was a meteorite responsible for the Guizhou incident, or was it the work of some unknown and compelling force? 
It's fair to say that I have no idea. One thing I do know, though, is that the bizarre event left a physical mark on the Dushi Forest and has become a part of the area's modern folklore. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the China Untold podcast. To learn more about the podcast and to find a list of sources used for this episode, please visit our website, www.chinauntoldpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at China Untold and on Facebook by searching China Untold Podcast. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to catching you next time with another fascinating story from the Middle Kingdom.